I believe that every athlete in the world is creative. Just look around. And so if I really want to connect and to a happy place, I listen to some of the music that was on, we call it pirate radio station. Float like my jumper wet, sting like a bumblebee, I swing like a lumberjack, go back when I'm up at bat. Uh, when you are in the locker room in every team in Mexico, pick that song to motivate and increase the energy. No juice. Hey, this is Casey Do Now. And this is Peter Do Now. Welcome to the Athletes Playlist, where we ask your favorite athletes about their favorite music. Our guest today is D'Angelo Hamilton, who many listeners may know by his previous name, D'Angelo Casto. D'Angelo grew up in the same town as Casey and me, Spokane, Washington, where he led Ferris High School to back-to-back state championships and was awarded the Seattle Times Player of the Year. He went on to make the Pac-10 All-League defensive team at Washington State University and have a globe-trotting professional career. Currently, he's joining us from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, I checked out some of his recent uh, YouTube highlights from his Asia exploits, and he was just blocking shots, destroying people at the rim over there. It was a lot of fun to to see him, (laughs) same as he was back uh, from when I used to watch him in high school. Um, D'Angelo, we're stoked to have you on the show. How's it going? Uh, It's going great, fellas. I really appreciate you guys bringing me out here. Um, It's been something I'm looking forward to do, you know, kind of get in touch with people back home. I've been overseas for quite a while, so thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you on. As a reminder to listeners, we like to highlight a few songs that have been meaningful to our guests in various times of their lives. We're going to kick off today's episode with the 2003 Youngbloods track, Cadillac Pimpin'. That was Cadillac Pimpin' by Youngbloods. So I believe at the time this song came out, you were growing up in a very rural area south of Spokane. I know from our own experience that hip-hop and Pimped Out Cadillacs isn't the first thing that comes to mind thinking about rural eastern Washington. So my question for you is, how did you discover that song and really any other new hip-hop at that time? Yeah, I mean, just a little background. I Honestly, I started at uh, Freeman, yeah. which is out in the countryside. So we, I was listening to more country, like Brooks and Dunn and stuff like that. And uh, I came up to Ferris and I met a guy named Andre Jennings, some of you guys know. Um, and he introduced me to like all, all hip hop. Like he, like I used to not listen to any of it. And so Cadillac Pimpin was like one of the first ones he uh, played for me that I liked and I was like yo this is awesome and I remember at the time there was a uh, MySpace yes. oh, so yeah. I made that my MySpace background song like it was, I don't know I just love that song so um that's kind of that's my background on how I was introduced to hip-hop it wasn't an original but uh 
I eventually got to it and I loved it, obviously. No doubt. Did you ever discover music on your on your friends' MySpace pages and stuff too? Because I feel like people forget that, that music was big with MySpace. Uh, you know, the younger generation, they don't yeah. know, but... <laughs> You know, music in Song MySpace to used to be your high school. High yeah, school yeah. You yeah. had to, you had to get your wall right. You had to get your song right. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like going to, that's probably why. Like, I, that's I wish face. That's when I was like, man, Facebook is missing out because that music and then even people uploading videos on their page, like that was kind of like, I was that was really dope. But I guess you know you can kind of do it in a different way. But it was cool for people to go to your page and then just have that music start playing. No, yeah. So everyone had their own so personal theme song. It was tight. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. Um, well, speaking of F- Ferris, we we may we want to ask you about Freeman, but I guess we'll, since we talked about Ferris, we'll we'll sort of hop in there for a second. How did you make the transition? from freeman to ferris because i seems like there's a whole story behind all that well it just was it was time for me to for me i I wanted to kind of like i started to realize like maybe i could go to college Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be on a platform that would that'd be that suit that ability to do so um at the time ferris was like the closest foray school yeah you know, um, it wasn't even too far, you know, from, from where, where I was at out in Freeman. Um, I ended up moving out of that home. I grew up in foster care. So, you know, I, I moved around a lot, but, um, I ended up moving out of that home and, and was, I was in the Ferris school district at that point. So I came up, stayed there and, and I went in and saw, uh, Van Lira. And a lot of people don't know this either, but I actually came in sophomore year, but I came in like basketball season was like almost over, you know? So I, uh, it was probably like a little bit over half over. So I came in and I was able to play with the varsity, but I wasn't allowed to suit up. So they made me suit up, um, with the JV How many team. JV lives so did you destroy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is my best memory from uh, JV. Uh, my first game, I went there and I dunked the ball oh, no. and oh, no. the ref just stared. The ref stared at me and then called a technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called, it was my first technical ever. And, and to this day, like, I I don't get technicals. I, I literally never have gotten yeah. a technical. But um, And was there an explanation with that? JV, he just felt bad for the other He said or? He reinstated the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> yeah. from the 70s. No dunking. <laughs> no, yo, and he said to me, he's like, oh, you were hanging on the rim. Oh, oh my God. God. Like, That's some Spokane shit right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to let him, you know what I'm saying? I had to feel bad for him a little bit. I just smiled and laughed. My coach smiled and laughed. He's like, he's just never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the game, he said, that's what he said. He's like, honestly, I've never seen a JV player dunk. Yeah. Honestly, so. I mean, the GSL had some good basketball. That was the Spokane League. Um, but I went to a lot of games. There wasn't a lot of dunking on the varsity level to, to be completely honest, so it's a yeah, big deal. Exa- any dunk exactly. Any any dunk. If someone from LC, that was our high school, dunked, we were just losing our minds. Even if it was right under the basket, a little bunny hop dunk, we were <laughs> so hyped. So I can't even imagine on the JV level. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I did remember that. That was one of the best things about playing in the Spokane League was not only like the fans like really got hyped. You know, we went over and started playing against teams in Seattle and they always had, you know, Rainer Mm -hmm. Beach and players from, you know, Franklin and stuff like that had a couple guys that could dunk. Yeah. yeah? So, Mm -hmm. you know, once we're playing those teams and and like one of our best plays is like, you know, Eric Cheadle and Minerly and, and Stockton and even Carsetter, they always drop me like these beautiful dimes and throw me these oops. And that's when, you know, people lost their heads. Yeah. They're just going crazy. It was awesome. And um, did you come to Ferris as a pretty polished basketball player? Like, were you playing AAU before that? Or how did you even originally start getting into basketball? Um, That's a good question. I actually wasn't. I was... um. It was, I was strictly off pure passion. You know, I was showing up back at Freeman. I was showing up at 5 a.m. to come in before school started and, uh, you know, get in the gym and play. There, there was a group of guys, older men that, you know, played a little men's league that played only in the morning right before they went to work, oh, wow. you know. So I was doing that a couple times a week. And then I didn't even, to be honest, even in middle school, I wasn't allowed my situation um, at home didn't allow me to really pursue basketball like that um, at the school. So to get into it was, was very, very difficult. But then once I got to Ferris and, you know, moved on to the next foster home, um, I was able to play and I was, I was eating it up. I was trying to do everything I could. And I remember a AAU coach came to me junior year uh, after my junior year, at the summertime, it's like, will you come play? And I'm like, what's what's AAU? Ooh, what what are you talking wow. about? Like, come play in the summer. I didn't even know you could do that. And so I went and I actually tried out for the Portland Legends. Did amazing. Played with a lot of great players. And ended up then I played with Seattle Rotary a little bit. Um, ended up beating like great teams like Pump and Run with with Drew Holiday and stuff wow. like that. So like out of LA, awesome. right? I played with Isaiah. Tom- yeah, yeah, and, I, and we beat Brandon Jennings' team. I played with, like, you know, Reggie Miller, or not Reggie Miller, Reggie Moore, um, excuse <laughs> me. Um, and th- I played with, uh, like, you know, Big Big Smith, big boy that went to UCLA. Um, I, there's so many players, yeah. like, you know, I ended up going and playing with Avery Bradley, Abdul Gaddy, oh, nice. guys that also played in yeah. Seattle. And, you know, Avery Bradley, obviously, yeah. in the NBA. And then, yeah, man. So that was that was how. So if if you're, it was, those teams were from Seattle and Portland. It sounds like. So w- would you practice with them or just show up and play games and tournaments? How did that all go down? Well, at first, like I, like they would fly me down to Portland, and I was there for like a tryout. And then I don't think people realized that that I was going to be as efficient as mm. I was, you know. So. They didn't got to a situation where like, well, uh, wh- how do we get you to like stay? You know, so I stay, I'd stay like with the one of the players that was down in Portland, and I'd stay with them for a little bit, and that's how I'd go to practices, and then we try, I just travel with the coaches and the team, you know, that were wherever we were, whether that was in Seattle. Or so Portland. in two years, you went from playing with old guys in a gym in rural uh, South Spokane to traveling the country and playing with guys in the NBA and literally the best players in the country. That's, that's crazy. Was, was that, was that the time when you started to think, Oh, I could go college. I can make a career out of this. When, when did that confidence seep in? 
uh, we were playing uh, Brandon Jennings, and he went up, and I sent his <laughs> shot. You can swear on this podcast, by the way. I don't know if you want to, but we swear it up. So do whatever's comfortable. Well, if just in case those kids, I do have a, a, a good following. Of I got young you. Kids I got you. I do support and love. So appreciate that. But um, yeah, I sit. I sent his shot across the entire gym and everyone went woo. And then at the end of the game, I actually had like four or five colleges, Arizona started text or uh, start came up and approached me. Um, and then the thing that really got me is this is the moment of my life. I think coach K came up to me. He never offered me anything. So I, I want to get that on the table, but he did come up to me and said, you're going to be a very special player. Wow. And that's when I was like, I think I'm going to be a special player. After, after that tournament, I started receiving letters. Like I got, I only, I well over, honestly, well over 30, 40 letters. Like uh, UConn was like, in my mind, the place I wanted to go. And I was like, I'm gonna go to U- UConn. And then um, the career path changed because Tony Bennett, him and his staff, like they came down to me and they were like we we'd love for you to stay home um we take care of you we treat you like family you wouldn't be that far away from all the people you love and you know at that time too like I wasn't paying attention to school either you know at school you only need I'm being honest with kids today like at school you only needed a D to play you know what I'm saying but you need something greater than that in order to pursue collegiate sports so um they, he really, they came down they really drilled in my mind, like, Hey, listen, you're, we're going to do these courses online. You're going to retake some of these classes. So I had a full load senior year. I wasn't, I, there was no senioritis for me. I was a full load and I did have help from my, my older sibling, my sister, but, um, yeah, so I had a full load. And, uh, finally I got, I went and took the ACT and I scored a 20, a 27 nice. and, and that brought my so like there's a little scale right it brought my scale so I didn't have to have such a high I, I didn't have to have such a high GPA because my score on the ACT was fairly yeah, decent nice. you know what I'm saying so yeah a lot of times it's the opposite the ACT is what what traps guys so that's nice yeah so like I mean I was truly blessed I truly I thought I, I have thought myself as intelligent but school was incongruous. It didn't really, I, I felt like it wasn't doing thing for me. So I didn't focus on it, which was entirely wrong. If I would have just focused on it a little bit, you know, not, I didn't have to go crazy mm-hmm. and get all A's and B's, but if I would have focused on it a little bit, I would have had a much easier transition for myself. It would have been, you know what I'm saying? No, so for sure. All those kids out there, like that's why. Do you think even for myself, looking back, back at high school, sometimes I'm like, dang, if, if you have some natural intelligence, uh, it's not that hard, but sometimes it's so boring <laughs> that it feels yeah, hard. Yeah, man. Is there anything yeah. on your end that you wish – I'll say this. Like, when I got to college, I thought just for me personally, it was actually almost easier because I, uh, even though I had way more homework, I wasn't in school six and a half hours a day, mm-hmm. so I was more down to do it. So that's, like, one thing for me. Is mm-hmm. there anything from your perspective – that you wish high schools did a little differently to like get kids imagination. Well, man, that's just it though. Like I wish there was a way to like spark the imagination of, of, of the youth, you know, to be able to, instead of like this structured, 
you go to this class, this class, this class. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like one thing that I could honestly say that probably helped a lot of kids is why they had it. When you're younger, you had recess, you know? So if there was like a recess for the mind, even yes, a couple dude. times a day, two or three times a day, if there was like a, a little like, you know, maybe one class is like even spiritual learning. Like me, I'm a fairly spiritual person, but um, even spiritual learning would be really, really dope. Yeah. So uh, things to give you a break from just feeling like you're in this academy of straight, like learning, beating over the head with a book. I completely agree. Um, we'll transition out of this section. So just to catch people up, we're at the point in D'Angelo's life where he's getting recruited by Tony Bennett, who now a legend. I, I guess I'll interrupt myself real quick. Did you, from just that one year, did you have a feeling he was destined for bigger, great things as a as a coach? We all knew he was he was on his way. We all knew. That's sick. So okay, I'll get I'll get back to it. So you're on your way to college, but before we let you leave high school section, we're gonna play motivation by Ti. Um, and from, you know, being in foster care to transferring schools and thinking about motivation as a theme, where did you find that internal drive to to go from a raw player to a polished player that Coach K is saying, hey, you've got something here? You know, there's no shortcuts. That's, that's the only way to really put it in perspective. Um, I, I stood on this this quote, too that I got from Seattle. I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant might've said it, but a lot of players have said it is uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Good Lord. It's a uh, great talent. Who is it? Hard work beats. Oh, wait. H- hard work, hard work beats great talent, but great talent always fails when it doesn't work yeah. hard. And so that, that it broke my soul because to me, and we'll let, we'll get into that later after college and stuff. But like to me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be the guy that does things that no other player does on the floor. Mm. That's that, that's my way in. Like I was diving on the floor. I'm sprinting. I'm doing chase down blocks. I'm, I'm not scoring 40 points a game. That's not how I've ever been. Even if you look throughout my stats, I'm I'm top five most every year in every category. So um, that's just how I have predicated my life and the way I play the game was um, – I'm making sure I did every, all the little things, things that don't show up on a stat sheet, like deflections and, and hustle plays and, and just things like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, know? for sure. Absolutely. Being, being, a, being a good teammate, even like, you know, just, you know, slapping your teammate on the butt, telling like, yo, we got the next play, turn the page, just keep rolling, keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? Getting to my shooters, letting them know, hey, keep sh- shooting that shot. Statistically, the next one's yeah. in. You know what I'm saying? So just always being, Kind of a silent vocal leader. Yeah, definitely, definitely. At the same time. That was Motivation by T.I. Now we're going to transition to your time at Washington State. 
The first track we'll play is Cross That Line by Rick Ross featuring Akon. I'm glorifying Nikes and Regals, 5,000 on the paint just so life would see ya. Yeah. Green cards for the free lunch, now it's green cards, green large and the seats crushed. Big guns for the other side, nigga try me, I'ma teach his mama homicide. I wanna see his mama eyes, I done cried 20 if years, now I'm running dry. Cross That Line by Rick Ross featuring Akon. And uh, great pick again with the songs. That one touches on the importance of staying locked in despite some of the distractions success can can bring. And so right now, uh, you know, we're entering that phase. You're at WSU. You're on national TV. So our question for you, is it hard to keep that focus when you start getting the notoriety that comes with, with being an athlete on that stage? You know, actually, I don't care what anybody says that it does. It, it does kind of like get at you. And I think that's one of life's great tests is testing that ego of yours. Seeing how, how, able, how much are you able to keep it in check? Like, and so um, I wouldn't say I did a beautiful job at it, but I'm, I was happy that I didn't fall off the deep end as well. You know, I did have my fun. I did, you know it's hard to not like you're getting love from so many different areas and whether it be fake love or not, like some people will never be able to experience even like being, being in that situation, mm -hmm. you know? So I really, I, I appreciated it. So I, I mean, I loved it back. Yeah. You know, I love that, that energy from people. So for sure. Sticking with the music for a second, we picked that song and it's Rick Ross featuring Akon, but I do want to acknowledge that you also sent us two other Akon favorites at that time. So clearly you were feeling Akon and I just want to ask what was, what were you connecting with back then? I know for me, the choruses to his tracks are always just like big bangers. <laughs> He's got some jam. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I just, you know, even Akon in high school, man, like he, I just kept following him. I loved how, what he put down most every time. And in college he came out with that, that CD uh, with Beautiful, mm -hmm. and, like, I was on every single track. I was just like, you know, this, like, I would be listening to that headed to, to class. You know what I'm saying? We got to get up at 5 a.m. Like, I'd have that be my uh, my alarm waking me up, yeah. like, so paid and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, like, he just kind of got me, you know, and you could hear, like, in his, in his album, like, you know, kind of the things he was going through, mm -hmm. you know? So... I, I really appreciated what Akon was doing. And even now, Akon's out doing things, you know what I'm saying? So I, I felt a good connection following him anyway. So that's pretty Yeah, dope. it's always cool. I feel like an artist like Akon can keep it real with the messaging while still keeping it super fun. So it's like, if you can ever find that balance, that's the sweet spot as an artist. Right. right. And I think he, he did that well. When you first got to WSU, you were surrounded by some pretty heavy hitters including you know tony bennett who we already talked about uh won a title at virginia last year aaron baines uh who's still in the nba i believe clay thompson whose resume with golden state speaks for itself did you have any fear or anxiety before that fame and success comes joining that group as a freshman i know clay joined in your class too but were you like 
dang, this is a, this is a good group. I'm at a bigger stage, or were you just ready to go? I mean, he had already blocked Brandon Jennings. That's that true. Maybe, point, so maybe, maybe just <laughs> you, you were like, oh, nobody can mess with me. You know, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you again, man. Like, I didn't even know who these people mm. were. You know what I'm saying? So I'm showing up every time. Like, I remember we are about to play Arizona, Arizona State, and they're like, hey, you got to guard James Harden. And I'm like, who's James Harden? And they're like, okay, well, and they <laughs> just laughed. And, they, and like, literally the head, the head coaching staff, all of them laughed. And I was like, wow, okay. So uh, clearly <laughs> I need to do some yeah. research real quick. And so that's just how it was, man. When I showed up to practice in preseason, honestly, I was fired up, ready to go. Bringing, I, me personally, I think one of my best skill sets is bringing – other players to become their yeah. best like i'll set a good screen like that's how i was i set a good screen so that clay can get yeah. open i'm not shooting the shot but clay i need i need my guy clay to be able to come off and have a free release yeah. so we did something we did this thing where like it was freshmen because you know we got marcus capers we our freshman class was yeah. dope we had ab from um uh shadow oh, at wow. the time yeah, so like it was our freshman class versus uh, the upperclassmen because you know they just went to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen with Kyle Weaver and Derek Lowe. Even Derek Lowe came back to hoop with us, and like we were just as freshmen, we were like at their throats, you know. And it was just such a good, it was a good way to introduce us to college because we came in like as a group, like we came in together, yeah. you know. And so, what? I think I think it killed anxiety for us because like we were, we had something to prove. Like we weren't just coming in there like with a big and we're, and we're the underdog Washington state was yeah. never on anybody's radar until after Tony decided to do what he did yeah. there, you know? So, well, and then I, I mean, my understanding is I don't even know if clay was super widely recruited, at least at the level to where he got to. So yeah, it's a big chip on your shoulder mentality with all of you. Would you say? Of course, that's a, even I remember talking with Clay. Like, he didn't even get a letter from UCLA, which is his hometown. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, a part of him wanted to make them regret, which I'm sure that they <laughs> do now. But, but like, he, he, we all felt like we had something to prove. And then not only that, like, we wanted to leave our mark. Like, they were just WSU was just on the up and rising as far as a basketball team and and the success they're having. You know what I'm saying? And so. I, it was really important to me and the other guys to to leave our own mark and make sure that we kept that legacy rolling. For sure, for sure. And so, like, speaking of that group you came into, like, I know your junior year you guys hit some some rocky times. And so, like, if this is something you don't want to talk about, no worries. But, you know, we were reading some <laughs> of those stories and for, you know, so I'll just sum it up and then ask you, but on three separate incidents, uh, players on your team got cited for marijuana possession. It seemed like uh, you guys were under pretty close surveillance from the police department for them to be looking into it that closely. And so, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on that time? And it just seemed like such a shame that like this awesome group of players um, got kind of railroaded by um, for both police yeah. department for, you know, really. You know, sometimes, sometimes in life, like, 
you know, there's going to be some major obstacles. You could be thinking that you're moving so good. And I think that's, that's part of the whole ego check as well. Um, you know, it wasn't like we were out smoking widely in front of people acting like, right. you know what I mean? But at the same time, at the same time, like th- they definitely were targeting us. They were trying to figure out like what was going on with us. And um, like when I got caught, I was in the comfort right. of my home at one o'clock in the morning. For those who don't know, I I just yeah. want to say and that that charge or however you want to call it, that got tossed out because it didn't have a warrant. So just yeah. to put that on the record. Yeah. 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 And so like and um it was like like you said it's it's just a little bit unfortunate because we got we got sidetracked from the main i mean at that time even when i got caught like we were in the heart of the nit yeah. you know what i'm saying a good chance to win and, it, i would say yeah yeah like it, i mean we ended up losing it to the team that won yeah. you know but at the same time i mean we got a chance to go to new york and stuff but at the same time like those distractions like yeah, I mean, we're young kids yeah. still, you know what I'm saying, 20, 21. Like, it, it's, those are things that are really too unfortunate. And, you know, when you got, you know, how, you know how kids are, fans are at the games too, like, you know, putting up signs and showing up, like, you know, saying the memes that are, before memes were even memes yeah. were coming mm-hmm. out. And um, it was just, it was, it's just sad. It, it broke my heart a little bit to know that, like, because inside, personally, you feel like you let your your boys down. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you're pulling you're pulling energy from sources that are not beneficial for your mm. team, and so you're you're having people basically try to deflect for you and around you. And um, I couldn't be more sorry and more apologetic about um, ever getting caught in a situation at all. Yeah, you know? which is so crazy because if if we, if if it was right. now you know, where marijuana is legal, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate, you know, it's just a little bit of a different time. But um, again, a learning curve, things that helped us grow up um, and, and possibly get more focused. For the yeah. Future. Well, it's cool. You have that positive attitude. I know just for me, again, outside looking in, it's like, well, what the fuck? Cause if you, <laughs> if you go, sorry for the swearing, <laughs> um, if, <laughs> you're going to any frat <laughs> any day of the week you know i feel like the guys holding up whatever signs jeering you guys were probably also <laughs> using marijuana in their own right time. right so, <laughs> it's a little crazy um it's definitely a double standard double standard yeah. i'm i guess i'll just say i'm glad as america we're having some more serious conversations about race and targeting and things of that nature um of course. I don't know if there's course, anything you want to add to that or not. No worries, but I mean, I just, I'm just happy that we're opening up the dialect or the dialogue, and I'm just, you know, at the same time too, I don't want people to get too caught up in all the distractions. See, that's that's all mm-hmm. it was. Even when we got caught when we were younger, they were just trying to throw distractions and loopholes and little pins and needles in our success. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we're successful as people. Not, not I'm not just talking about just as black people or, or any individual race. As a whole, as a unit, we are successful in spirit and in mind. And so for us to be ripped down to the, the bare essentials of life, like mm. it, as much as I'm behind Black Lives Matter and the whole movement, I'm behind the fact that when did we get to the point where lives matter? You know, we got to yeah. start, we got to start appreciating human life and appreciating animals and appreciating planet you know what i'm saying these are these are factors of yeah. life that we're we're discussing so behind black lives matter i think everything should follow close behind and start pushing that together so we so we remain as a united 
a wholesome. Oh, I love that. It's, let's fix that, and then let's continue to expand the love and the and the empathy right. beyond. Right. I right. love that. Um, well, that might be a good transition. We're gonna pivot back to the music and play this section out uh, with "Halo" by Beyonce, which I want to end on a on a happier, upbeat, <laughs> romantic note. Um, again, very romantic yeah. song. So, what what was going on with your connection with this song at that time? You know, I got I got to a point in myself that I really wanted love. I really wanted to be loved. I wanted to know love, um, and I wanted it to be like precious, like the way people probably describe it when they're you know trying to write a love letter or whatever that may be. Um, I felt like growing up, I've missed out on being loved by my mother, my father, and brother. It's just like strong relationships, you know. I had different people come in and step in, but um, I just felt like I needed somebody that belonged to me. And not, I, I, I don't mean to say sure. belong, but was a part of my journey as well, you know. And uh, anybody can attest that going through a journey is, um, is it's much more peaceful when someone is along the ride with you, whether it be a best friend, a brother, or a loved one. But um, I, at that time, I really was like, man, that's what I was asking universe for. I really wanted to have a, someone to ride along. Did you feel like you got that at all at that time, be it teammates or romantically or whatever? Or do you feel like that was something you were still searching for? You know, I would never uh, try to down, because like, I ended up, you know, I ended up marrying uh, the woman I was with too. Mm. So her contribution to my mental growth and my was essential. But, um, I still felt like I was missing sure. something and that was more so on me, you know, that was something I didn't find until later on, I'd go play professionally in, in Asia. You know, I played in Europe and I still wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting that, that, that connection to my own life and my own journey and feeling like I was a, a true valid person living out my purpose. I thought I was just, I was sad. I was deeply saddened. And a lot of that roots from, you know, obviously the way I was growing up, or the way I grew up, um, you know, with without my mother and my father and losing them so young, but I eventually was able to develop that. So Halo for me, like it was it was a beautiful package. Like it summed it up. Like, you know, Beyonce has a, a wonderful way of putting things into your heart, you know, the way she sings, the way the way the, the beat and the melody go together. And uh that's what it did for me. It really like it summed it up for me like I want that beautiful love. That, yeah. That, that halo. Yeah. Well, when she even has that line, it's like I've been awakened. That really stuck out to me. Like, that's what love can do to right, you. Right. Is wake up your soul. Remember those walls I built? Well, baby, they're tumbling down. And they didn't even put up a fight. They didn't even make the sound. I found a way to let you in. But I never really had a doubt.
That was Halo by Beyonce, followed by some ads. We're going to transition to the early years of your career playing overseas in countries like Turkey and Japan. We'll kick this section off with Heaven or Hell by Meek Mill featuring Jadakiss and Gordon Banks. It was hard times, nigga, now it's hard time Just take a look at my life Rapping brought me back to life Cause I was in them streets, my heart was cold as a pack of ice Every night we strapping like We was in Iraq to fight Cause niggas getting murdered for a block that do a stack of night Whoa, I gotta make it home to my son On them papers with a firm hold on his gun Before I snitch, you gotta burn a hole in my tongue Give me a hundred years in a hole on the sun And boiling water in the world in the order In the hood of no loyalty ain't a word for your daughter Ain't a life for your brother On a life for my mother I'ma get the fan right Nigga, you did right Some niggas go to college Some niggas go to jail Some make it in the hell Ooh, some make it in the hell Nobody wanna lose Nobody wanna fail That was Heaven or Hell by Meek Mill Featuring Jadakiss and Gordon Banks we picked this track because there's some great lyrics about the thin line that separates success and failure and the sharp consequences that can come from falling short. So as you left college early to play professionally, how much pressure did you feel to succeed and provide for yourself and your family? Man, that I, I, I don't, again, I don't think I could ever really truly, I, I know people probably do feel me when I say though, but the amount of, like I was a little bit angry, a little bit upset that I didn't make it to the NBA. And then so many people are like, how did you not make it? How did you, why are you not in the NBA? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was and just, for those who, first of all, it's timing. I, oh, sorry. For those who don't know, um, cause I'm not sure if we quite touched on the one before, uh, D'Angelo left after his, uh, junior year for the draft. So just framing that up. That's what, and did with. have a very successful college. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, you know, first team all defensive. So yeah, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, keep going yeah i mean uh not being able to make it to the nba was like one of my biggest heartbreak i remember sitting there for a draft party and i'm watching guys that i played against getting drafted like guys i wouldn't say like i would say like i played better but i'm saying like if he could be there like why wasn't i there and it, i even remember sitting down and, and having a conversation with the houston rock rockets organization and the weed thing came up Dang, dude and that's just crazy because it's it legal just, now and it's like i don't know if you listen to the all the smoke podcast that um steven jackson and matt, matt barnes, barnes are doing but they were just having a yeah, big conversation yeah. with steve nash and you know he's doing he's the coach of the nets uh widely considered the smartest one of the smartest players of all time like and for a lot of people it's a mental health thing anyway i don't mean to go too off the rails but that's just so sad to me that that's a black no, mark but on that's, your record that's a that's it man that was really it like it was so it, to me I'm looking at it and I'm just looking what my life could have been kind of way so that was my original motivator was like you're not an NBA player by by focus mm. but you're an NBA player by heart and so go out there and play your game go out, go out there and, and and if you can't make the people at home remember your name go do something special out here in the rest of the world. And so I went over to Turkey and, you know, last place team had a whole bunch of upper management issues. So the team wasn't as successful as I had wanted, so, but um, still had a great, great experience playing against 
at that time it was the number one league in the world because it was the it was the lockout. Oh wow! And so that was part of another reason why I I was a guy like if I showed up to vet camp and if I showed up to summer league, which are things I never got to play. Because it was during the lockout. Um, because it was during the lockout, and and those were things that would have perpetuated me beyond. You know what I'm saying? I would have showed up on the court and somebody would have seen that. X, Y, Z. You know, I was in a workout with Kemba Walker, and at one point, I was guarding Kemba. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, if I if I had that, if it was the right time, you know, but at the same time, I obviously had a deeper, soulful trying to understand myself, too. I, could, I can honestly say, if I would have went to the NBA at that time, I wouldn't say I would be like a Rodman, but I still would have been a, trying to find myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And And I wasn't I wasn't a grown man pro yet, which I, I finally understood the, the definition of a professional. It isn't just because you can you play for a professional team. It's, it's how you carry yourself on and off the floor. It's how you prepare yourself on and off the floor. And it's how you prepare your body and your mind. So that's what makes you a professional. And uh, I went over to Turkey and I wasn't a pro yet, but it started my I started to get the transition. I was a rookie. And I started to learn things that I needed you know and uh again uh, then I went to Korea and then after that I went to Japan and when I went to Korea that's when I it was my second year they they said I was I was named the the number one defensive player in the league and to this day if you go to any Korean coach Korean team I'm the best defensive player that they've had there and that's that that mentality I was like okay well I can start as a defensive guy and I'll work my way through this you know and that's that's pretty much what I did. And when you're like when you're for you know for listeners when you're moving abroad uh, with different teams, like what's your life like? Like what's your social life like? Are you mainly hanging out with guys in the league, or are you meeting locals? How does that all shake out? I mean, I'm a special kind of dude, man. I'm telling you right now, a lot of a lot of guys are mostly sticking with what they know. You know what I'm saying? You know, you'll you'll get guys out here who are worried about what they're gonna eat. And it's just it's just the way it is. We're Americans, we're coddled in a way. Like we got a beautiful situation yeah. in America. That is not the situation in the rest of the world. It's not like that at all. There's no there's no house for your car. You know what I'm saying? There's no it's very, very strict living kind of, but the freedom that you can obtain is unmatched like so i would go out i go out with my i always find it put it upon myself to go out with my local guys and just whatever they want to do what do you guys do here you know what i mean so if we're going to go out and we're going to sit at a karaoke bar and we're going to eat peanuts and have a couple beers sing songs all right i'm down okay okay what's this food i'm trying this food now okay cool i'll try this food i'll try this food so i'm always trying to take on the culture so because i'm a foreigner I'm not, yeah. I'm a lot of times I think for Americans, we come over to certain places and we're like, Hey, can you cater to us? Can you, can, can you cater to how I've been like, you know, you're living wrong. Like, can you cater to me when it's the other way around? Like I'm the foreigner. So I'm trying to take on as much as I can. So I'm always, I'll go out and uh, I'll interact with the locals. That's how I, I felt like that was the easiest way to kind of embrace the environment. Do that you I'm think in. that then led to more success on the court? Cause you're just in in the flow with the country and your teammates and all that stuff. I mean, again, you could, you can if you were able to find anybody throughout my career, uh, they would tell you like my fan response yeah. is is unmatched. Like I really, 
I'm just connected to the people who I'm playing with and for, you know, and overseas, like basketball, as much as we, it's really, really like um, the fans that are basketball fans are amazing. Like they love, they eat and breathe basketball so much, like, because in, in these countries, you know what I'm saying? We don't have, they're not having like the Lakers come to town or, you know what I'm saying? It's like only certain places have these teams and, you have to have like a certain lifestyle to even be able to go, you know what I'm saying? If you're in Japan, you're pretty much working a lot. Yeah. Korea, you're working a lot. Like you're strictly doing, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's it's hard to become like a huge basketball fan, but those, so those who are, are dedicated to like, they're, they're giving, they're even, they become most guys, most people become sponsors of the team, become, awesome. you know what I'm saying? Those same fans are the people who are sponsoring teams. So, and we read in uh, in Japan, that's where you really did a lot of self-discovery, or maybe it was more Korea, but can you just talk about that journey a little bit? I mean, coming from foster care, and what was it about that time in your life where you kind of found some more inner peace? It was definitely, I would say the first strike was Korea. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was what opened me up spiritually, learning about the monks, learning learning how to meditate, learning, learning all, and so I had a a rush of spiritual energy and I was like I felt like I was truly awakened what I was looking for out of love I kind of obtained on my own yeah. and not even trying to and uh it changed my perspective even on love I think that was part of the hardest thing too I took relationships I, I took relationships too seriously like I took them too to the mm. heart like I felt I felt so passionate about it even at one point it like would break me if like if it wasn't working out you know I was a guy who couldn't eat and couldn't sleep. So being in Korea kind of just finally opened it up. It wasn't until I got to Japan where I was able to walk up the mountain, sit with the monks for you know a couple hours, meditate for a long period of time, um, do some research, learn things, and see a spiritual people. Like, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, Japan is it's just such a flow. Like there's no person that will go to Japan and not understand that the flow and the and the harmony and the beauty within the structure mm-hmm. and just being there was enough to bring me my zen or bring me my peace yeah. and that and that, and that's when I started to develop this idea that okay I'm actually here in the world I'm not I, so for so long I couldn't figure it out I was like I'm alone why would why would you I was like even I was like, God, why would you even bring me here to be alone? Like, what kind of life is that? And, and, and after coming to that harsh realization, I, I was like, I was never loved. No one never loved me. I was such a, I was so in my head and in my heart about things. And that really, all that fell off my back. And it was like, I felt like a brand new person. And when you, like I felt like I could, when you went through that change and felt like you, is that what sort of precipitated the the name change as well? Like something to match that symbolic inner change, or right? Like I had originally like my name when I was born was D'Angelo Antoine Hamilton. That was given to me by yeah. my mother. And then when I got when I went into foster care and went through the system, my name got changed. Right. So. That was a, a part of me was like, okay, I'm gonna change my name back to get back to my roots. And that's not really what mm. hit. Eventually I would I would ultimately become um what a lot of people out over in Asia know me as, which is Hapai. A lot of people in Asia know me as a pie versus 
um, D'Angelo at all. Right. You know, uh, occasionally you'll see people, they'll call me D'Lo. Some people will call me City in Japan. A lot of people call me City, which is like a, a hometown name from Spokane itself. But um, a lot of individuals know me as a pop. So that's cool. It's it's so, like you can change the title, but it's it's got to come from inside before that really means anything, it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. That was the only way to get out of what I felt like was my rut or or my hole was and it was so it was so it's so crazy how people say love yourself love yourself love because it really was so internal it wasn't about what was happening to me it was just literally about how I was perceiving all that was happening and do you feel like you know it's corny to say everything for a reason but the fact that it was specifically the cultures being overseas that helped you get that you know would you even trade that if you could, you know, it sounds like that was maybe what was the most valuable thing for you. It, it honestly was the only, the only way is if the universe would have made it. So like I was playing in the NBA and then we had a tournament in sure. Japan. That was the only way that it, it was going to happen. But you know, like you said, I wouldn't trade it. Like even to this day, like I, man, I, sometimes I get a little bit in myself. I'm like, man, I wish I was just playing in the NBA. I wish I was in a bubble right now. But um, then I look outside and, you know, my perspective quickly changes again. You know, I, I'm not struggling. I'm at a level of peace and I feel love. I feel, I feel love not only by my significant other that's with me almost 24 hours a day, but, um, by the by the life that i live for sure man i think that's a that's a great ending note and uh on that note we're gonna segue out uh from this phase of your life with a song called warrior by demi lovato which i mean honestly with the episode so far could have just been like written for kind of your journey up to this point Um, (laughs) for for sure sure. that's how i felt and one line in particular it says uh i'm taking my life back today and um, I'm guessing that's how you you kind of felt at that period of your life, um, coming to your own as a person and an athlete. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. That's exactly how I I felt, and I loved it. I loved that she was like, "I'm a warrior. Like, I'm not beaten up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm nothing. I'm a warrior. I'm going out here to take what this life is. Like, I'm living life. Life isn't coming to me, and I, it's just in phases. No, I'm out there." pushing and expanding all things like and that's where i was i was happy i've got shame i've got scars that i will never show i'm a survivor in more ways than you know because all the pain and the truth i wear like a battle wound so ashamed so confused i'm not broken Cause now I'm a warrior Now I got thicker skin I'm a warrior I'm stronger than I've ever been And my armor Is made of steel You can't get in I'm a warrior And you can never hurt me That was Warrior by Demi Lovato We're gonna segue to your most recent years in the pros, um, cue up a song, Redemption Song by Bob Marley. Here it is. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. 
Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption That was Redemption Song by Bob Marley. As soon as we saw that song on your list, uh, we knew we had to pick it because it's one of our favorite songs too. And it has the famous line, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our mind. Is that a line that resonates with you? Oh man, of course. I mean, I don't want to sound repetitive as, as we're going through this, but that just, <laughs> that just speaks so, uh, the words speak for itself at that point. Like it's just, and it's so great too, because there's a season here and the name of the season was Redemption. Oh, wow. Because I had played, I had played, and we made it to the finals and we lost in the game five, you know, the two, two series, you know, going back, we're up 12 in the fourth quarter with four minutes to go and we can't close the deal. So our next season coming back, it was redemption. And that season I ended up becoming MVP. We ended up winning the championship. Oh, nice. Guys, which, which league song, was that? This was in the uh, Vietnamese nice. league out in Vietnam. Yeah. So were you were you actually? Which is where? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I said, which is where I met my beautiful fiance as well. Nice. So, shout out. You know, the quick shout out to the to the love. Yeah. Of life. Were you actually listening to Redemption song during Redemption season? Yes, oh, of course. Man, of course. that that and the, that <laughs> that's why. Like, you know, it's so crazy. My life is is how could my life be so in my head, so twisted and so whatever, and then now just like everything is so on point mm. so harmonic so so in tune and it's just like i i can't wait to come back to the states i haven't been back to the states in five years uh-huh. so i can't wait to come back to the states then um continue continue the growth you know put my energy back where it needs to be and uh keep moving forward man i love that it's, i love too that you can listen to something as peaceful sounding as redemption song and it can kind of motivate something as intense as basketball because i think you know, acoustically, that song's chill, but if you really get into the lyrics, it's it's intense. You know what he's talking about is really intense. Yeah. So if you can really dive into that, there's something there uh, for sure that can can motivate you. I do want to, yeah, go and, ahead. And just the excuse me, just the idea that the you know, uns- getting your mind to be un that that's why I was able to be so inspiring even before a game is because in a game of basketball you can't excel if you're thinking if you're in your head that's not how you can play the game so and and that's same with life like we're always thinking our thoughts are like literally the production of our lives that's what got us to where we are so when he's talking and singing that song like opening just let your mind like have some freedom like have some have, be, be a gift to you, not a burden to you. Like, don't trap yourself with all these, even now, like, there's fear and there's COVID and, like, 
good Lord, like I could only imagine like how trapped in your own mind you could truly be given the circumstance. And when you're physically you know? trapped, as a lot of people are in their own homes and spaces. You know? And quarantine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm trying to get at. Like, I just want people to feel like you don't have to be so in your mind and there has to be an outlet yeah. to to your mind. That's me. No doubt. Speaking of outlets, quick transition. We didn't pick the song as something to listen to, but you did have Somebody Else by Miley Cyrus, which is a 180 a little bit from what we were talking about, which is just why I want to call attention. If, if someone ever puts something that's like a little bit uh, curveball, curveball, I'm like, I got to call attention to this. And I think we even read an article. You've maybe been bumping been Miley. Bumping Miley for over 10 years. Over 10 years now. So... <laughs> I think she's got some bangers. She's named her album Bangers, I think. But uh, from D'Angelo's words, tell me about Miley Cyrus. Yo, she was my hero, yeah. man. Like I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, <laughs> Hannah Montana, bro. Come on, now. And you know what? I Come have a beef on. with like, that show, though. One, it was like the Miley Cyrus character wasn't popular in her high school, but Hannah Montana was a superstar. I was like. Anybody as cool as Miley Cyrus, she would be popular. I don't believe it. <laughs> right, and you're, and, and you're not you're not fooling anyone with that That's blonde hair. Saying. Like you're still, <laughs> yeah, man. And then just she just like for me, I just loved her journey and her transition. Like she was one of those people like they're trying to hate on her, saying she's trying to be like a black girl. Saying like they're just putting so much on. Her. Oh, she was a Disney. Now she's trying to be pop, and and now she's trying to do like. And I loved it. I love the fact that she was like, you know what? I'm still gonna be doing yeah. me. I'm still gonna yeah. do me. And in the process, you know, she made she's. I love her music. First time yeah. I love her music, but she's made. I remember bumping party in the USA like so it was good. Like my anthem. So I loved her. I loved her. <laughs> and so like. I just, I always wanted greatness and, and good things for her, no matter what she does. And uh, I, I've, I've always been connected to her. Obviously, watching her on Disney kind of helped, but I, I just feel like that's someone, even if I met today, like we would just be best friends. And so, like, you know, with your journey, you said you haven't been back to the States in five years. Is that because you're hopping between teams so much? And, uh, at this point, like, what would bring you back to the States? Is that something that maybe wouldn't happen until you retire? Or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, honestly, I'm looking at the States as more like a, a vacation. Okay, yeah, nice. You yeah, know, yeah. like, I, I'm about to open up academies out here. Um, and it and I'm hopping. It's not hopping. I, I go from league to league. Like, once the league is over somewhere, I go to the next league, you know, either in the Philippines, Japan. Thailand, you know, around this area. And you're much more marketable if you're out here too. You know, it's cheaper to, to, for the team to fly you and it's easy access. You know, right now I'm starting to reap the benefits of that because it's really hard to get people from the States. Yeah. Because of the yeah. situation, oh, you know. Sure. And um, so being out here in Asia, I'm like hot commodity yeah. right now. Does Asia feel like home to you now? Like, is that home? Yeah, it, it really does feel like home. I, it feels like um, I'll live out my life here. And again, I'll I'll visit the States, mm -hmm. you know, but um, it's just, it's just, it's too peaceful. It's too much love for me not to. Um, again, I'm, I'm starting to do things for 
for the country and for the kids and and for individuals all around this this Asia. So, you know, um, I, I love it here, and I, I feel like it loves me sure. back. So, and how has it been like working with kids over there? I mean, you had you went through a lot as a child yourself, so I imagine it it feels pretty good giving back to kids these days. Man, especially like you know. What the Vietnam War was only what forty years ago, yeah. tops maybe a little bit more. So like, unlike America, something that we've never experienced in our lives. Like when we go to war, it's somewhere sure. else. You know, I went to cities in Vietnam where those bombs are still going off that Americans drop. Right. You know, and and still killing people. You know, and so um, I'm going to these cities and teaching these kids basketball. Some of them have never, what is a basketball? What are you doing with this ball? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, six foot eight, dark skin, handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pop on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the kids, they just, they, they, they gravitate, kids gravitate to it anyway. You know, that energy yeah. that you're putting out as long as you're trying to, but so to teach these kids basketball, to see them dribbling for the first time, to teach them right, left for a layup, that's and what else would you want to do like as far as giving back that's like and then at the at the same time now basketball becomes the same thing that i used it for originally yep. the distraction from a life that seems unbearing at some point you know vietnam is not a rich place thailand is not a rich rich place i mean like there's places that are fairly nice like you don't get me wrong really really they call them western style homing and stuff like that so there's really nice nice restaurants nice streets nice everything you know but for the most part you know that's only the top what two percentile of the world you know so for the most part people are are living day to day and having their own struggles and and come from very poor places like i'm not charging a lot to like i was gonna to have a meal yeah i was gonna ask because you know uh we were both we're both youth soccer coaches or have been and you know, in the States, youth sports is becoming big business for sure, or it has been for some time. Uh, you know, the, you know, you have NBA players charging wild amounts for their academies and trying to recruit the best kids. Is is it for you, do you care about the skill level of the kids or is it more about teaching the love of the game? It's it's just, um, I'll, eventually I'll work my way into an sure. elite, a, elite group of people just so that I can help them yeah. get to that right. next level whether that's go to the States or whatever. But right now um, I'm just, I'm basically introducing my energy and just allowing people, anyone who wants to come, come, you know, we're not, I'm not charging a lot. I would never charge a lot. I would never, it's not about the money. It'll never be about money for me. I I don't care where and when I, where I'm at in life. Um, It'll never be about money. And maybe that's the wrong outlook on things, but I just can't change that part of me. I really don't, I, I just can't. So for, for me to allow these kids to come in, you know, because I know that I know they're not making a lot. I know their parents don't have a lot to give, but if you want to come here and have a little distraction, I went to school, I studied psychology. And what I wanted to do was to be a counselor for kids mm. at first. Well, this, this sounds like, you know, I'm about to, I'm going I'm to get online and finish up my group degree in the next year or so. And I'll be done and I'll have my diploma and then I'm going to open up these academies. Like I'm, I'm well, I'm well on my way at doing this. And it, 
it's to, to give this like kind of getaway or this safe place for you to grow mentally, physically, and spiritually. Yeah. So as a child. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of a beautiful full circle note to start to close this out on. Is there anything else um, really particularly you wanted to ask? Yeah. Is there, is there one or maybe two lessons that you would want to teach kids that like you wish you had known back when you were their age? Good question. I think that's kind of a beautiful full circle um, to start to close this out on. I think the first thing is, like, it's not about staying really in school. It's about to going to school, yeah, trying is there, to Is there one or maybe two lessons the, that you would want to teach life. kids and that, I know like, you wish you had really known to, to, back when you were their age? Good question. you got to look at it as I'm going to um, I think the first thing is, like, it's not about staying in school. It's about going to school trying to perpetuate yourself for the for the the next chapter in your life and i know as a child that's really hard to 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 take in so you got to look at it as i'm going to school now but i won't be going to school forever so when i go to school now what am i going to take i'm going to take these relationships uh, all the friendships and all the things that i that i've gained over the years i'm going to take even some of these lessons whether it's your teacher talking you know what I'm saying? Sometimes teachers drop little gems, man. Mm-hmm. They drop little gems. You know, you might not love their class, but they drop some gems. And then also it's teaching you how to, unfortunately, that's what the schooling system is for. It's teaching you how to 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 live in this yeah. life, how to how to grow up in this system. Like it's not about like, hey, do you remember your history tests or your math right. test or whatever? It's about are you able to show up on time, go to this when it's this time take this scheduled system, you know what I'm saying? Work the system in your favor, learn it and work it so that you could go live your own life. And then on top, and then the, the other thing I would say um, that I really hope people, all people take is that don't get too trapped in the, the reality of this world. Like find a way to, to, to love yourself to a peace, to, to be able to come to a peaceful understanding with your life, things that are happening. I know, you know, you got friends and family, you have deaths, you have tragedies, you have everything, you know what I'm saying? There's it's so much for any soul to ever have to endure, you know? So find a way to, to come to peace with that. Find the people around you that are going to support you through that. And, uh, Make sure you're loving people the same way that you want to be loved. Man, I don't know if I if you could have queued up uh, any better of a transition. We're gonna end this episode with "Bed Piece" by Janae Iko featuring Childish Gambino. This is another romantic track, but also, as it says in the title, it's a very peaceful track. With everything you've been through and everything going on in the world, it sounds like you have. But do you feel like you're at a place where you know, no matter what rocks you, you're still able to come back to that place of inner peace? Of course, I think I think that was the most that was the number one thing that ages gave me is that, you know, sometimes you're going to fall off. Sometimes you're going to you're going to hit portions of your life. You're, you're not truly prepared for even, you know, and and that's always satisfying too yeah. to be able to overcome all that is thrown at you. But you do know that you've got that core soul self. And once you know that. I mean, I think I think the, the world is your oyster. I think the universe is always with you. That's that's beautiful. 
D'Angelo, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. All the best in the future. We're going to play this episode out with Bed Peace by Janae Aiko. Here it is. Okay, got this OJ and Jose. Mixed it up with that rose. We gon' do this our own way, all right. Okay, what is it that you're smoking? Piece it up with this peace and love and this peace and love like the old days. Yeah, what I am trying.